Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club. Ladies, gentlemen, geeks of all ages, you are now entering BJ Shea's Geek Nation. Welcome. Yes, welcome to BJ Shea's Geek Nation. I am the Reverend in Fuego. Across from me is Vicky Barcelona. Hello. We've got the show's namesake, Senior BJ Shea. Oh, hola. Oh, no, it's uh, not senior because uh, you're Mexican. It's because you're old. Oh, senior. Hello. Ah, that's even better. And running the boards is Joey D's. Buenos noches. Is that <laughs> right, Vicky? Uh, sure. Yeah. Uh, that's a good night. Well, uh, we're just getting started. All right, whatever. Well, on today's show, we will talk with BJ about board games. I will talk about video games with some DLC from Fallout 76. We'll probably get to the best nerdy virtual tours you can have because, well, you can't really go anywhere right now. And, of course, the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, how can people get a hold of us? Get a hold of us via our website, bjgeeknation.com. It's going to have our blogs, podcasts, and more. 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 Just search for BJ Shades Geek Nation on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, radio.com, and iTunes. And I did mention that, you know, you can't go out and do a whole lot of stuff right now. And that's affecting everybody in different ways. One of those things that is being affected is the local gaming store. Um, with us around here, it's uh, places like Cafe Mox, and uh, especially for you, BJ, Zulu's Board Game Cafe. I miss all of the great food that Zulu's has. I do. Yes, and so if your local gaming store, a place like, I know Zulu's before was doing some takeout stuff. I'm not 100% I, if they still are. I'm trying to, yeah, you know, you can check out their website because yeah. they were doing family dinners that you could just pick up and everybody's fed and they were different than what they normally have on their menu. So Which is super cool. So check out Zulu's Board Game Cafe. Do a search online mm-hmm. if you're anywhere in the Bothell, Washington area. And if you're not, but you have your local gaming store, see if they're doing something um, just to help them stay afloat. If they have a restaurant or a place to get food uh, and they're doing that pickup, maybe uh, get an order that way if that's something that you can make feasibly happen. Um, uh, make some online orders if it, maybe it's a board game or it's a comic book book if it's your comic book store or buy gift certificates uh, and then uh, you can you know, give them to uh, family members you know presents maybe you're just doing a little bit of early Christmas shopping I'm actually thinking about doing early Christmas shopping yeah, right oh thanks Vicky <laughs> uh, but Zulu's did point out uh, t- on your turn we must stay home at this mm-hmm. essential time you may not stay and play at Zulu's but you may take one of these following actions. Have Zulu's <laughs> food delivered via Uber Eats. Nice. Order Ooh. Zulu's food for takeout. Ooh. Pick up a growler of beer or cider. Oh, yeah. Order games through our website. Buy gift cards for future use. Mm-hmm. And participate in our online gaming. And you must wash your hands. Yes, you must wash your These hands. These are all important actions for you to get the most victory points at Zulu's. And you can do all of them <laughs> if you want. Yes. Well, that's what, on your turn, you can do everything. Yeah. The hand washing is required. Though. Yeah, yeah. That oh, is yeah. mandatory. Uh, speaking of board games, BJ, I know that you can't normally hang out right now with uh, your board game crew, um, but that doesn't mean you're not... Uh, doing unboxing videos you're talking about board game and doing some reviews on youtube as well and i have to imagine that you're still managing to play some games yeah that's the cool thing about this is that my son joey d is also running the board and my daughter (laughs) and her boyfriend well they're everybody's stuck at home so they're like 
you know, Dad, uh, you got a game store there uh, <laughs> in your board game room. Uh, what do we? Why don't we play games? And so that's exactly what we've been doing. And I've been picking out games to basically round out Joey Diaz's board game knowledge, so that when he gets back to doing the board game alliance, once we all can be in the same room again, again, uh, he'll have more games that he's played board game style because he's been a video game slash Magic Gather gathering player for a long time. And man, did I think I had scratched the surface of board games. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you only play hour long board games you go through them pretty quickly when you get into the darker realms of board games they're four or five hours oh dear god <laughs> but you know i it's say i say that you know we all say that and i laugh at you and rev when i go yeah the game's maybe four to five hours rev, like, no way i won't do it and it's like these are the two guys that would be in two you know one to two to three day pre-releases pro tour qualifiers you're not wrong you're you not know, wrong at playing all playing i mean come on i mean and magic is the crunchiest game you could ever play uh, especially if you're doing sealed decks or, 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 or booster drafts where you go, I don't know exactly what I'm going to get, but I have to put this all together and try to have a winning deck. Uh, board games have created that to some degree when it's the first time for you. And um, we played a game, uh, Joey and I recently, along with uh, with J-Rubs, uh, which is my, my daughter's boyfriend, who, unfortunately, Sarah, she doesn't like her, the crunchier game. So it was just three of us. Okay. Which I thought would be good to play Tapestry, because Tapestry can play up to five players, but it's a long game. When they tell you on BGG it's a two-hour game for one to five players. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, unless you 100% know this game and you've played it multiple times and you don't have uh, you know, analysis paralysis analysis people uh you will not get this done in two hours uh and you know three people we got it probably done in three hours if we were made to four yeah. being generous and it was the first time for uh, for you only the second time playing for me so there's a couple things i had to just look up again um but basically it's a civilization creation game very much like sid meyer civilization oh, or, okay. or dominations which we recently talked about on this show i'm sort of into these games now and uh i can't wait for clash of uh Clash of Cultures to be re-released in movie. Oh, yeah, you talked about that. Again, another civilization-building game. It's basically another version of 4X without the <laughs> all the Xs, but still allows you to build up cool stuff. This, unfortunately, has had a lot of negativity thrown at it, and some people would say deserved. And before I go into any of that, I thought, hey, you know what? The game is dice-rolling hand management. It's got asymmetrical powers. You've got the tech trees to some degree as well as tech tracks. So, you know, uh, they say, say some tile placement and all that, a little exploration and, and you know, getting stuff if you place tiles. So there's a little exploitation in there as well. Uh, no real att- – I mean, there's, a, there's some attacking, but, eh, you know, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, weird how the attacking goes. Mm. Uh, Joe, you played it, and I want I, without even affecting you, I wanted to know your opinion of Tapestry, which is a, a huge, beautifully done game by uh, by Stonemeyer Games. Uh, I don't hate it, but I will say I think it is not as good as some of the other games in the same genre that we've played, and I will say for two reasons. One, you don't always take turns at the same time, so you can essentially delay or uh, speed up your turns so that you're in different ages, if you will, than other people. Oh, you'll 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 take turns, but what happens is, is when an era runs out, you'll sit there doing nothing while everybody else gets to continue all the stuff oh, they want to do. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Which can be kind of annoying when the turns are long, which they're designed to be. Mm-hmm. So you could sometimes be sitting there for twenty minutes and not do anything. Oh, yeah. Not that you can't plan what you're going to do, but at the same time, it. You know, you're still just sitting there. Yeah, you're just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, and the other thing is uh, a clarity. Uh, there isn't a very defined end game of what you're going to be doing or how many points you're going to be scoring. Yeah. And if you don't get that playing the first time, you don't realize that you're going to score a majority of your points in the last age. 
Oh, so it's all building up towards that to and, do the big scores. And you score a lot of points. Like, I'll go scoring 10 points to 40 points to 60 points to 300 points in oh, the last round. Wow. So you got to be careful. Yeah, you look at this and go, how the devil will we ever get to 300 points in this game when you're playing the first couple of eras thinking, like, I'm getting very little. It does ramp up. It, it does ramp up. And, you know, Joey, I'm glad you, you gave your description without me really giving a whole lot of uh, influence or bias towards it. This game has gotten really, people have just beat the crap out of this game because it was very well anticipated. Everybody wanted this, and, and even my, my game store, Zulus, was like, you're going to want this. I mean, and, and of course, Stonemeyer <laughs> Games has got a great reputation. They've got Scythe. They've got Euphoria. They have got, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, they've got other games that I'm, I'm, I'm blanking on. Viticulture, I think, as well. Um, and there's probably another great game I'm missing that they released that I know. But uh, Oh, and Wingspan. I mean, they have really got a lot of good games. So, and Jamie Stegmeyer is a fan of civilization building games. He's even done a video where he's gone there. Let me tell you what I love about Sid Meier's civilization. And he loves the mechanics. So I know he wanted to make something great. I know he did. But unfortunately, he wanted to make something different. The trouble is, is that, you know, this is a very overproduced game. You've got these beautifully, beautiful building minis that are pre-painted. So oh, you're like, nice. You know, and it, it makes me think of how Zaya comes with pre-painted ships. And you're like, oh, and I wouldn't be surprised at that kind of influence. I'm like, everybody loves this game, Zaya, and these ships are pre-painted. You don't even have to. This is amazing what you get in the box for like $100. This game can get you, you know, was $190 to $100 when it came out. You can get it for like 66 bucks on Amazon now. But like Joe said, you can't really figure out how you're going to do you just don't know. There, there, there's no real engine to build to say, oh, I can get X amount of points with this engine because you're like, <laughs> Yeah, you know, uh, in any gaming industry, I've heard a big like universal term is the idea is that just because a game is technically sound doesn't mean it tells a good story. Yes. And this game does not tell a good story because yeah. the way you score points isn't in line with what you're doing to create your civilization. The game, mechanically speaking, is great. Like, I mean, all of the systems are perfect, but unfortunately, at the end of the game, you really didn't do anything. Yeah, and you hear Tom Vassell once in a while go, yeah, the theme is not there. You know, I never once did I feel like I was building a civilization. The other thing that this game suffered from is that the asymmetrical powers were not play tested. So when you open this game up for the first time, which I did, and ironically, Joey got the same uh, the same faction that we played against before the they came out with patches, if you will. Um, <laughs> and, and they ran. Oh, Joey's guys ran away with it in the first game that I played, the Futurists. They ran away with it, and then of course you see the patch which was released as a, hey, go to this file and then basically print out these things and make sure when you get your, you're going through your factions, you just look at this paper to see the adjustments. Ooh. You know, and, yeah. and, and, and Jamie had said, or somebody had said, like, we're waiting for the you to tell us what the adjustments should be made. You can't do that and with board like, games. What? There's, you want us to play test for you? Most people have a real issue when it comes down to doing that in video games where it's a digital product and you can update not seamlessly, but way better than just here's another printout on a board game. Oh, board games are just like you go into a restaurant. If you don't like your first experience, the odds of you going back are so low. Oh, yeah, and we've talked about that plenty of times on this show where I've just I've tapped out of games that when we've actually read the rules, they're fine. But <laughs> and that, and, and that, When it's on me as the rules guy, yeah. This one seems to be on the game because 
You know, the, the, like the buildings they made are really just Tetris pieces, and they're not exactly right. So as you're trying to see what you're going on over here, the buildings don't completely cover every square like a Tetris piece would, so it makes it even more confusing. And he, here's the thing that I'm seeing, too. It's like if there's something that's not quite right or something a little off about the game and you start looking a little bit closer, you're going to start noticing those smaller cracks that you probably would be okay with if it wasn't everything else as well. He's, he's, this is funny though, Rev. These pieces, right, they're circular, like they, they're edged out to be circular, and the pieces fit into square areas, so yeah. it doesn't really make no, a lot of sense. Like, I can circle do fits it. the square, everybody. Yeah. Yeah. It's in, and so you find yourself, your brain going, does this fit? What is this? And then the buildings are just like, it's like it's like he said, "Oh, we'll make a military theme." So this is an armory building, and this is. But you know how you get the. Here's how you get the building. You just advance up a track. It doesn't even matter whoever gets up the track first, and you know uh, it's got uh, like if you play games like Gaia Project or Terra Mystica, where when you remove one piece, it gives you more stuff, mm-hmm. which. It turns out if you could, you probably should take a look at all those areas first before you put your pieces on there because you get, then that would give you an idea. Oh, I would have got more victory points if I cleared this row. I didn't realize that was a thing because I just sat down and the board was set up, didn't pay attention because it's my first time playing. Yeah, it's like, wow. It's, un- it's an unfortunate mess. I, 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 and, and I paid $90 for this unfortunate mess that, frankly, Dominations is better. Civilization, Sid Meier's second iteration of, of Civilization is better. And I paid a, way too much money for this game. Damn. It was overproduced. And, and, and I'm like, Jamie, what happened? Like, really? Because they, they make good games at Stonemeyer. Yeah. So I really, yeah. I would love someone to come out once in a while and do a mea culpa and go, we really put out a bad product. We're sorry. I really want almost like a coupon for the next Stonemeyer <laughs> game. Because this game is not that great. We won't p- probably play it again. Uh, and it'll put, and it, like you just said, it'll put a sour taste in your mouth oh. for any future games. And, it was, and there might not be anything wrong with any future product. They adjusted my faction to give me 20 victory points at the beginning of the game, which I didn't know. It seemed like it was a lot because of the way we were scoring victory points. I came in last because, because J-Rubs' group, they literally were able, able to do things for free. They were able to do things for free, and I did everything I possibly could. I may have done Damn. it wrong and picked the wrong track, but you have no way of knowing which track you're supposed to go on. There's no way to really know what you're supposed to do, like Joe said, because there's no theme yeah. that makes sense. And then I'm seeing J-Rubs just like, wow, you have a ton of money. I have no money. You do the same things I do, but you're doing them for free. My 20 victory points is nothing compared to that anything. ability. Yeah. That ability probably is so much better. BJ lost. <laughs> <laughs> we, Joey and I got lapped. I got lapped twice. Oh, <laughs> ouch. Double lap. Oh, geez. And yeah. I'm, like, I'm not yeah. that bad of a gamer. There's no, no way. No, you're not. No, you're not. My first time, not right. My first time gaming experience, <laughs> it, it was I literally had an inferior faction, and these were adjusted factions, and they still need to be adjusted again. The tortoise <laughs> did not beat the hare. No, it didn't. Not. I kept reading the thing like, am I reading this right? Am I reading this right? Am I reading this right? And you are. Yeah. <laughs> he also yeah. finished the game first because I told you the turns don't always oh, end the same way. Yeah. So you got so to sit there and just them. stew. Yeah, well, yes. Because he's getting lapped. Oh. I was only making normal amounts of money. Oh, while, God. Well, Jay Rubs was like, I will make more money doing the things you do, and you have to pay. Oh, ha ha. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah, yeah, it was so a min max situation. We were looking, we were both looking at Jay Rubs like, you've already won. Why don't we just stop playing? Right. We can't beat you. You've 
we've just won and we've already taken our final. He's like, no, it's just like so we, we talked about magic, playing magic. No, I'm going to finish out this combo. I'm like, please yeah. no. So please don't. Traditionally, scoop, take scoop. one victory lap. Uh, J Rubs <laughs> took two. Yeah, and uh, so I would say if you can get this for 25 bucks, then get it, and at least that way you can see if we're right. But and honestly, <laughs> I, I mean, this is too overproduced, and I don't like to say negative things about anything. But you I don't, think, yeah. But I think a company like Stonemeyer, I'm sorry, you you have a pedigree, you have a credibility, and you really lost it with this game, uh, you know. And, and so Tapestry, not for me. All right, then, not for you. One thing that is for me is Fallout 76. Now, yeah. now it was about. Two and a half, you know, it was 2018, so about a year and a half ago was when it was released. Super excited for it because I love Bethesda. I love the Fallout universe. I, I'm, I really love Fallout 4, and this seemed to be uh, their online version of that. A lot of people didn't realize that, I think, and there were, in the first year, there were a lot of problems with Fallout 76, and there's no way for me to sugarcoat that in any other way than the fact that I'm just stubborn, and that's the reason why I kept playing it. Come to this last week, uh, on the 14th of April, they overhauled the game. And now they brought out the DLC Wastelanders. And if you played it at the beginning and you weren't really down for it, but you still love the Fallout world, I'm going to say, check it out again. First thing they did was they brought NPCs to the world. This is a surprising thing because the whole point of Fallout 76 when they first launched it was that there wouldn't be uh, there wouldn't be NPCs. There were robots, and there were you're basically going out into the world of Appalachia. Uh, is that how you say it? Appalachia. Uh, Appalachia. Yeah, exactly. Uh, West Virginia. And so you were going out to see what happened after the the just. A, the bombs dropped, but then the people tried to rebuild, and then something decimated all of these different factions. And going through that story, you get to find out about what's going on, but there's no other humans around because they're, they've all been killed. So it's it's a lonely place, and their whole point with Bethesda was saying, oh, these uh, you'll be the NPCs. You'll be the people you know, doing all the things that the NPCs would do. You can make your own tavern, and you can do all this other stuff. Mm. And that largely fell flat. Because people don't really want to do that a lot of the time when they're playing games. So with Wastelanders, they brought NPCs. They brought a more traditional version of a Fallout game. You've got dialogue choices. You've got the different factions, again, that you can play or work with or against in which way you want to. And the dialogue, the overhauled game, I love it. I went back and uh, I'm playing a character that I normally play, like I've been playing for a while now, level 86 character, I'm having a lot of fun with it, um, but I'm really, really tempted, even though I've done so much with that character, to make a new character just to go through all of the new stuff and see what they've changed. And there's been some small, subtle changes, but the game takes place a year later, and so it's they don't discount everything that's happened in this last year, which I thought was really cool. Now, your old character, how many hours do you think you put in? Oh, man. Like, you, I don't know if they do, like, like in the old games, we can do, like, the slash play to see. Oh, but yeah. But probably, like, uh, the hours would be in the days sort of thing. Ooh, like, so this probably, like, triple digits sort of things because I'm a glutton for punishment. So I would still keep doing all of it. So starting a new character could be <sighs> a hundred of hours. <laughs> yeah, and that's the dedication. problem why I don't necessarily want to do that because with the system with Fallout, and they keep the card system where you get perk cards and you can swap them in and out and you can figure out what build you want to do and you can 
change it as it's going along. That's still intact. And I always have different builds in my mind of what I want to do and what I want to try to look at. But then I look at that long road to haul and I'm like, but do I want to do that? And then I want, do I want to go through all this grindy stuff? Eventually I will. Um, but for now I'm just enjoying it with my older character and I absolutely suggest that people do so. Let's say that's how you know you love a character is when you're still grinding at 87. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. There's people who have grinded the game and bigger gluttons that have like seriously like triple digit levels. Like Ooh, I saw a guy like level 300 and I'm like, sir, it's quarantine, so I get it. But do do something else, <laughs> right? <laughs> there are more than one game. Yeah, out there. Uh, absolutely suggest doing it. It's a free DLC, so if you bought the game, you just have to re-download everything, and it's a sizable download. So give yourself a little bit of time because they are all overhauling not only the game but a lot of the graphics, and they're patching a lot of stuff as well. So give it another chance. Uh, we will talk about the best nerdy virtual tours on the next show. Ran out of time because now it is time for the Geek Sheet with Vicky B. Vicky, dare I ask what's going on? <laughs> I don't know how I feel about this. Uh-oh, here we go. This is exciting. So we now have a Doctor Strange 2, the multi- Multiverse of Madness, mm-hmm. director. Oh. Yes, and I think, BJ, yeah. you're going to be real happy about this one. I think, it I is. Sam Raimi. Whoa. Right. They're letting him have another shot at the Marvel Universe. Yeah. He's it's going to be trippy. Yeah. Sp- Spider-Man 1 and 2 were great. Mm-hmm. Like, I really loved both of those. Uh, the third one. Now, the third one's interesting because Sam Raimi didn't want to bring in Venom, but they made him. So I think that's kind of why that movie suffers. I just feel that maybe Sam really couldn't like put his all into it when he was stuck having to do something that he didn't necessarily want to do. And that's the excuse I'm giving Sam Raimi for Spider-Man 3. Yeah, do you think he trolled a little bit because he was like, was it a tantrum having Peter Parker dance? I think so. Yeah, actually, that's my reality. I choose to believe. Yeah, I like that reality. Well, (laughs) what is something that Sam Raimi always does? He brings in a certain person. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. That is always in those movies. Yep, mm-hmm. he was in the Spider-Man movies. Yep, Mr. Bruce Campbell. And he yeah. has already said, huh, yeah. surely there must be some character to challenge the good doctor. So implying that he wouldn't mind being a villain. There's, because everything yeah. else he was was smaller roles. And here's the thing. I love Bruce Campbell. I love him in Evil Dead. I don't know if I want to see him as like a main villain. Yeah, that's the problem. Know. Is I don't know if they, if they, if they'll give Bruce that big of a role. Well, and it's an interesting thing too because unless Doc- it's CGI, maybe. Well, Doctor Strange is this next one is the Multiverse of Madness. Mm-hmm. So they're opening up just like Doctor Strange originally did, opening up uh, the MCU to magic. This one is opening it up to the multiverse. A lot of worlds. A lot of different worlds, which would have a lot of different iterations of the superheroes or supervillains. So what if Doctor Strange transports to another dimension and where Bruce Campbell is either Ash a, Williams? If he's Ash <laughs> or what if he's a different hero? What if he's one like what if he's Spider-Man? And he's just Jesus. like old Spider-Man in a different version or he's an old villain or he's like the Vulture or Mysterio or any of these other characters. That would be great. He was sweatpants Spider-Man, like in the future, <laughs> and he's like old. They're like, "Why aren't you saving lives?" He's like, "I, you know, I'm retired. I'm seventy. I just like the top." <laughs> uh, I keep wearing it because it's warm. Yeah. <laughs> I am looking at some of the replies on the Twitter. Uh, someone did uh, recommend uh, to be Mephisto. 
Oh, the devil. See, yeah, I thought... like the picture they use actually very much looks like a mixture of Bruce Campbell oh, and the Joker. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mephisto, so, yeah, he's a weird looking guy. I thought that maybe they had like, they were thinking like Christian Bale or something would be like Mephisto or something. I know He's some... going to be in, uh, I think he might be Mephisto, but he's going to be in the Thor movie, I think. It's oh. Hold on, I got to Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you can't have multiple Mephistos. Yeah, but what if you multiverse. just had- Multiverse. Yeah, again, Multiverse. Multiverse just says you can have as many as you want. It's well, very true. that is true. Spider-Pig. <laughs> All right. Spider-Pig, Spider-pig yeah. can make an appearance. I mean, why not? <laughs> but how do you guys feel? Like, would you, like, would you, you're, you want to see him in this movie. Do you want to see him in more than an Usher role? Or do you want to see him in, like, a fairly substantial role? I would just like to see him in it. Like, I don't, I, I don't want to say that he would detract from it. But like having the cameos is super fun in a Sam Raimi movie. But I would like to see Bruce Campbell in a in, ex, in an expanded role. Yeah, and most of the Marvel movies are aimed towards a little bit younger of an audience. I don't think they're necessarily even going to know who he is. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it would be just a nice Easter egg for the adults yeah. a lot of the times. But I mean, but I don't feel like Doctor Strange, even though it's a Marvel movie, I don't think it's a kids movie. No, no kids are going to sit through. Well, they wanted it to be a horror. Yeah, well, the director, the original yeah. director did, but then apparently Budding Heads, I think that's kind of pushed out. So, yeah, they're not going to want to make just a full-on scary movie because, especially with the MCU, like you were saying, it's for the kids. But even Doctor Strange, the first one, didn't feel like a kid movie. Like, a kid could watch it. There's nothing that's going to hurt them, but I don't see them really inter- interested. Yeah, like a, a little kid. Like, like how, a... how, how traumatized would they be by, like, you know, giant Dormammu? Yeah, exactly. Like it's see. pretty creepy. And even like the eyes and the face of mm-hmm. the bad guys. I don't know. So I feel like they, they're oh, yeah. they're allowed to be a little bit more graphic in the Doctor Strange world than they can with Iron Man, for example. Yeah. That'd be um, but I feel like Bruce Campbell, he is very much known for Ash Williams. Yeah. Nobody else could play Ash Williams. And I actually also found this article that talks about 21 actors who were zero argument perfectly cast in their film roles. Ooh. And I want to see if you guys agree or disagree with all this. All right. I disagree. <laughs> okay. <laughs> with all of them? That didn't take long. Well, yeah, she asked, and I mean, I had to make a choice. What do you want me to do? Well, first one, we just <laughs> talked about him. Robert Downey Jr. as Tony Stark. Yeah. yeah. It just has to be him. It worked perfectly. He actually made Tony Stark actually more entertaining than he really is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Uh, this actor, I feel like, has done a couple of roles like this where it's like, yeah, it, it was really hard to find anybody else to play him. Uh, but Michael Clark Duncan as John Coffey in The Green Mile. He was really good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I would agree with that. And I can't think of anybody else, like, offhand mm-hmm. that would be, like, such a giant, powerful oh, character. Betty White would have been amazing. <laughs> Come on. But I feel like <laughs> All right, uh, before we had Vincent D'Onofrio, like, he, even though uh, everyone crapped on Daredevil, he was a fantastic. Um, I'm totally blanking on his name Kingpin. now. Kingpin. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was a good Kingpin. I almost said so. Bowling Ball. <laughs> he was the best part of the movie, if you ask me, Michael Clark Duffy's oh, yeah. Kingpin. Yeah. Uh, I would say Bullseye on that one. Yeah, Bullseye wasn't that great. I really didn't like it. I, 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 would, his, I would argue. was like really ca- cartoony. I would argue with you, but I think the only way I would be able to defend it would be having to go back and watch it, which I'm just not going to do. Yeah, those old movies, they don't hold up as well because they kind of follow the old arc of like how a super movie, who hero movie goes. You know, yeah. they're kind of like different. Mm-hmm. As in the, these they're, new ones kind of give characters meaning and yeah. actual emotional Bulls- baselines. I, I was mad at Bullseye's portrayal by, um, oh, what's I, the Ben actor. Affleck? Yeah, no, Bullseye. Oh, 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 Colin oh, Farrell. Colin Farrell, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Colin Farrell's a good actor, but the way it was interpreted, it was like, this is like he's not even taking it seriously. It's almost like he's making fun of it. That's how I looked at Bullseye. All right, yeah. I kind of yeah. wish they had more. Bullseye 
in the the newer in the newer show. Yeah, that's um, why that's why I like Michael Clark Duncan's Kingpin because mm-hmm. he seemed to at least go, I'm going to make this uh, some gravitas in this role. See, I mean, that's mm-hmm. the only reason to go back and watch that original Daredevil. I mean, yeah. not that you know Ben Affleck was bad or anything. It just wasn't that you know. Eh. It wasn't great, especially yeah. when we have the Netflix series, yeah. which oh, I would oh, much yeah. rather just watch. But yeah. if you were 13, 14 years old when that movie came out, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> that's the problem with Vicky is that we have to take that filter off and remind her she's a big kid now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how about Robert England as Freddy Krueger in A Nightmare on Elm Street? And I know yes. it was, uh, was it James? No. no. Jackie Earl Haley. Jackie, Jackie Earl Haley. Haley. And that movie was not great. And was it the movie or how was his portrayal? His portrayal was fine for what they gave him. But, like, the thing with Robert England is he, like, A, he encompasses the entirety of Freddy Krueger. Mm-hmm. And when it comes down to it, they try to kind of do a little bit more serious with it. But I think Freddy Krueger is the best part about him. We're like, especially in the later movies where it got really ridiculous, were a lot of his puns or his jokiness. And in the first couple of movies, yes, he was a legitimate threat. But I liked the fact that it was a little like there was a little bit of snark to him. Uh, there were some good one liners and it just that was just missing in the updated version. And if you had to pick anybody else to be him, could you pick anybody? No, not off the top. Betty of my White. Head. Yes. there <laughs> Always back to Betty White. She's amazing. at, right. at everything. Yeah. <laughs> that range. And I had to sit here and think about this one because I realized if anybody else played this rendition of the character and. In this movie, I don't think anybody else could do it, but I feel like other renditions have been good for their movies. Okay. Heath Ledger as the Joker in The Dark Knight. Oh, it's the best Joker ever. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think it's the best Joker, and not to dissuade anybody mm-hmm. from saying, oh, I like this Joker, whichever ones, I still think that is the best one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and especially in that movie, the way yeah. he just got right into it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And even, you know, and there was some cartooniness to his portrayal because the other serious portrayal of the Joker that we saw, of course, was the Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Mm-hmm. And you could see that there was a little, like, a little almost entertainment value put on there that I like that Heath Ledger brought to the table. But I think Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, though we didn't get to see a whole lot of it, unfortunately, yeah, uh, wasn't bad either. was pretty good. Um, you know, And for what it was back in the 60s, I mean, Cesar Romero's Joker was fine, but it was the whole show was campy. But Burgess Meredith's Penguin was arguably the best villain of all, though I am a poor, you know, I was partial to the Riddler. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> the thing is, is if you take a look at the seriousness of it, you got to give it to Heath Ledger. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, this one, I... I uh, <clears throat> Uh-oh. Uh-oh. The only reason, I have a really dumb reason why I don't necessarily agree with this one. Ooh. I can't stay. I can't wait, rather. <laughs> uh, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren slash Ben Solo in the Star Wars franchise. I think he did a good job because I felt like that moment he switched back into Ben Solo, I could actually feel the change. Yes. In his facial expressions, his body expressions. I think he did a great job. But people have taken a picture of him as a kid and photoshopped it with uh, Harrison Ford and <laughs> Carrie Fisher. And yeah, Carrie yeah, Fisher, yeah, and I've he doesn't look that. anything like them. That's the only thing that bothers me is that he doesn't look like. <laughs> like, are you sure this is their kid? He doesn't look like them. He's the milkman's kid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is the space version of the milkman? Yeah, he doesn't look anything like him. That's my only complaint. Oh, the blue milkman. Ew. Yeah, it's. I think the trouble you have is that these are all two-dimensional characters in the Star Wars universe. There's, they really are. They're yeah. very. Two dimensional, and they wanted to. They really wanted to. They tried it with Hayden Christensen to show you there might be another dimension, but George Lucas, I don't think, really knows how to write. Rough, he yeah. doesn't know how to write emotion, in my opinion. Uh, and so Kylo was definitely somebody that was hurt. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you know, tr- they try to show you what happens when somebody who's miserable, mm-hmm. the tantrums, all of it. 
Um, and I think Adam Driver actually was the right guy for that. I thought he was too, but I could like if you named me any other like actor who had some gravitas, uh, I would probably be okay with them actually like being in that role as well. Uh, some other ones worth mentioning: Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. Oh yeah, no doubt about it. Absolutely. Hugh yeah. Jackman as Wolverine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's gonna be a hard one to Good replace because oh, they're yeah. eventually gonna have to. Harrison yeah. Ford as Indiana Jones. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. And Han Solo. Uh, Shia LaBeouf, man. Uh, oh, you get out of here. Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd as Marty McFly and Doc Brown. Yeah. Marty. And until next time, guys, <laughs> stay nerdy. Your inner geek wants to come out and play, but where to go? Join Vernon Wells, the ultimate club where you and your fellow geeks can hang out, play games, and just nerd out 24-7. Whether you love RPGs, video games, or are just a major fan of sci-fi and geek culture, Vernon Wells has something for everyone. Let your geek flag fly at Vernon Wells. Sign up today and see for yourself. VNW.club. That's VNW.club.